It's the 120 Podcast, Mikey Finelli and Ben Hootie, joined by Matt Cozy today from Lockdown Cubs. We brought in a third member of our crew because we got a lot to talk about today. Huge moves in Cubs Nation over the last few days. We teased an interview today on Friday, and here he is. Matt, we have a random connection based on where I went to high school and where you taught, but more than anything, it's more about this network of Cubs podcasters, so it's great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys, Mikey and Ben. Uh I, I'm a regular listener to to the 120 podcast. First of all, I I, I think you have maybe the best Cubs podcast show name. Uh, <laughs> the fact that that was still open and available, uh, that was a, a shrewd move by you guys. And uh, yeah, we're having fun over at Locked On Cubs, but um, I'd like to see us collaborate with 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 you guys moving forward, how whatever that looks like, and. Um, yeah, excited to talk Cubs. Great. Well, we appreciate it, Matt. You and Sam have a great show. The same sentiment is true. You guys do awesome stuff at Lockdown and that whole Lockdown network. But Lockdown Cubs, admittedly, is, is a favorite because I like to hear what you guys are doing, too. And I appreciate the name thing. Ben came to me at one point last February or January and said, let's do this show. And I shared that same idea, but I was like, we got to come up with a good name. And I don't know. I think yeah. we kind of just we sat at McAllister's in the Bone Student Center yeah. in Illinois State. I was going to get into that. I was like, it, it took us maybe like eight different trial and run names. Oh, wow. Before yeah. we could, like, obviously, we never put a podcast out with a different name. So 120 has always been the name. But just right. trying to figure out a name was impossible. But it was right around the time that, and this is a shout out to Obvious Shirts, when they came out with their clock uh, okay. merchandise. So yeah. we took a little bit of spirit from that. and Sure. Yeah, I mean, it. It is a great name. I I will I will hold that. Like, hold Absolutely, that yeah. What's even funnier too is that because Ben and I obviously both go to Illinois State and we're involved in student radio there. So I would walk into the radio office in the first couple months of the podcast starting when really the only people that knew about it was our friends and they would see my obvious shirts and they'd be like, "Oh, you guys already have merch." I'm like, "No." And if we become uh -huh. any bigger, that's going to be an issue. Like we're gonna we're gonna have to sort that out, <laughs> right? Right. Because that could become a real big issue. Because no, it's not ours. It's you know rightfully trademarked by a whole other company. So, um, but yeah, we we love it and we appreciate having you on, Matt. Yeah, and I would say as a as a teacher first, a teacher by day, podcaster by night. Um, you guys are doing a great show. You're you're ahead of the game. You're you're consistent. You're getting the reps. Uh, that's what matters. Um, but it just it's a good sounding show. It's it sounds like a hangout, which is what it should be. Um, so I would encourage you guys to to keep going. And um, I would say you're you're a little ahead of your years at this point. Mikey's a senior. Ben, are you are you as well? I'm, I'm a junior, so I okay. got all right. Year and a half left of school. All right. Well, I hope you guys keep this going. And oh yeah, um, it's a yeah, it's a privilege to to be the third mic today. Let's get into you a little bit. How did you start as a Cubs fan and then as a Cubs podcaster? Yeah. So growing up in a in a family that was dominated by Cubs fans, um, so I was born into it. Really, the first memories of the Cubs I have is Sammy Sosa. So. In the 98 season, I would have been turning seven that summer. Um, and he was hitting the ball over the ballpark and he was doing his run out to right field. And he had the unique stance and we would replicate that in the backyard. And um, he was really the the entry point to locking in on the Cubs, sticking with them, um, you know, besides the, the, the really big family connection. 
Um, just diehard fans up and down the cozy family roster. Um, we have, for some reason, all decided to get married at the same time. <laughs> and ever since July of 2022, there's been like four or five cozy weddings. Uh, mine being the most recent on New Year's Eve. And there's always a Cubs reference in the wedding. I mean, that's how much it means to us. We, at, at our wedding, uh, for Kira and I, we, uh, we sang Take Me Out to the Ball Game, my Uncle Mike did, followed by Go Cubs Go. <laughs> um, so it's just a, a strong connection. Um, I've been a, a follower of the podcast and radio industry for a long time. Uh, I went to Iowa and graduated with a journalism degree. Um, stayed in Iowa City for a few years, worked as a reporter, then got out of the business went into education. But when I went into education, I didn't really um, take an eye and ear off the the media business. And finally, in the thick of 2020, I, I started my own podcast. And then my friend Sam Olber and I started our own show. It was mostly Cubs, mostly Bears, but also just like day-to-day -day stuff as well. Um, we recorded every Sunday, posted on Mondays, and just got a ton of reps uh, got 60 to 70 downloads an episode. Didn't care about that. It was totally a, a hobby. But as we kept getting all these reps and doing these shows and just knowing the industry like like I do, I, I knew we were doing a good show. And um, we, we had talked about maybe taking a next step and just exploring what to do. Uh, shortly after opening day in 2022, the, the Lockdown Cubs host left. Um, I would check the feed every now and then thinking they had somebody ready to go. Uh, there was never any new shows posted. And so I, I finally, I went to Sam and said, Hey, we should reach out to locked on. Maybe we could take over the Cubs show. And, um, sure enough, we were able to get a couple emails, get the ball rolling. And, um, we've been doing the show since July 5th of, of 2022. It seems Thanks like so you guys have kind of gone full circle with that now, too. And you have a great show. You talk about how you started just uh, two guys just having a great podcast, just talking. And it, and I saw yeah. you are promoting kind of a similar concept now that you have the fame uh, or that comes with doing the, the Lockdown Network. Yeah, we're, we're trying to launch a second show right now and going back to to some of our roots and, and putting under the, the subscription model. Um, so, yeah, on Tuesday this week, we just launched uh, Matt and Sam Unlocked taking the inspiration from Locked On Cubs, which is how everybody knows us now. Um, but we want to get away from the Cubs on that show. So that show is really anything but the Cubs. <laughs> um, you know, we'll do bears, but we'll also do life life stuff. And uh, that's really for the dedicated fans. I mean, that's $5 a month. That's no joke. Um, you know, our numbers since Tuesday have been have been pretty good. We have some pretty conservative goals to begin with, knowing how hard it is for people to sign up. Um, but, you know, every little bit helps and we'll see where that goes. What is it like for you guys kind of being like one of the main voices in the Cubs community, not only on Twitter, yeah. because Sam, I, I before I even kind of tuned into lockdown, I would see Sam's tweets all the time. Mm. And then kind of as the summer went along, team started to get good kind of got recognition with you guys and then obviously the connection whatnot. So what is that like just being such a huge, crucial voice for so many fans that rely on you? It's a lot of fun. 
you know, we've yeah. had a couple different spikes in growth. Um, I'd say the first one was the winter meetings last year. And then probably like last March, um, right before the season started, we kind of spiked again. Um, and, and being the, the number one Cubs show out there, uh, is just, uh, I have so much gratitude. Um, I don't take it for granted. I appreciate being one of the, the top voices on the team. Um, it's a, it's a lot of work to, to be in that spot and now hold that spot. Um, you know, it's something Sam to his credit uh had had forecasted for us um i tend to be a little more conservative in projections like that but i think what we've done with the show we're we're very proud and um it feels really good um the locked on people when they originally were interviewing us to take over said our model is 5 days a week 20 to 30 minutes an episode we're like, wow, that's a big commitment. But then they said, we want you to be yourselves. We want you to be diehard fans. We're not looking for reporters. We're looking for people that can do a good show. So when someone presses play, it's like they're they're rolling the bar stool up to the bar. Exactly. And uh, you know, if that's the goal, um, you know, I'm I'm down for that. And uh, I think we've really embraced it. Um, you know, with information, opinion, and it's, it's, it's been, it's been very fun. Not to, you know, change the subject too hard, but you kind of feel like I'm talking, I feel like I'm talking a lot. No, it's awesome. No, no. We like to hear it. Uh, You're the guest of the day and we'll get into the Cubs a little bit with this. It's been a crazy off season. They really have sped up in the last week or even four days. But before that, there was a lot of, uh, of dead time. And one of the early things that people were talking about you, it's funny you mentioned yourself not as a reporter, but you graduated from a prestigious university with a journalism degree, and you had some some sources earlier on in, oh, the, yeah. in, the, in the off season. And I wanted That's to right. get into that a little bit. Where are we with Bo Bichette? Is that ship completely sailed, or are we are we still thinking about that? Yeah, so that was from a scout that listens to the show and has connections to multiple teams. Um. You know how you see in some stories or so some rumblings about players, you know, they've received calls on a player, right? Yeah. Correct. That's what that report was. Rarely do we get a report of what those teams are on the other end of the line, but that's what that was. Um, so you you've I've had people even not recently, but maybe like last month, who sometimes follow up on that because that tweet got huge. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, what about Bichette? And well, I never said that it was like close or anything. The Cubs and the blue Jays had a call and, um, you know, that, that was it, you know, around that same time, I think there was, there was some juice behind it. Um, but I really think that that's all it was. Um, I personally, tested the waters with that too. And, uh, you know, since then I made the decision uh, not to do that again, Um, you know, for, for better or worse. Um, But, you know, I, I think that the Cubs are talking to a lot of teams, 
I, you know, it's, it's nice to get some information for context. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see them. I haven't heard them in the blue Jays recently. I'll just leave it at that. It's really solid reporting. I mean, you, you said it yourself. It's nothing that you, you didn't promise that they were going to sign him. You no. said they're having conversations about it. And, and that was solid reporting. And in this offseason especially with both football and baseball we talked about this in our most recent 120 episode it's hard to get the whole truth i mean you saw the whole john morosi yeah. issue with Shohei otani but even down at a micro level some of the bears reporting that's going on right now is really starting to get on my last nerve and it's because a lot of times people have no source for it and they're just saying things and they're not really saying anything they're looking for clicks sure. so uh your your reporting in that was was solid and uh and no one's doubting that and if they are they're wrong there's some element of it, like you want to excite the fan base in a way. Well, yeah, 100%. that makes sense. Like, I'll admit that. Like, I I feel like that was like the first time where it was kind of like sleepy. And it's yeah. like, all right, let's put it out there. Let's that, get the people going. And that's exactly what I was going to say is you were able to give not only me and Mikey, but, you know, the seven other weekly Cubs podcasts something to talk <laughs> about for a week. Right. So. We'll take it. I mean, yeah, that's all the sport is is speculation, and we've yeah, seen right. that all off season. And I, there, there were probably a hundred percent was a call. I, I guarantee you, there's calls yeah. on every player every day. Exactly. Well, and it was interesting from that perspective too, Ben, because I listened to all the Cubs shows, big and small, and um, you know, some of them would mention the report, some of them wouldn't. So it's just it's, you know, you guys mentioned me by name. You mentioned the show. Not right. But, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's it's weird out here sometimes. Let me publicly say that I'm embarrassed to say so because I've known Matt at least virtually for, for a good couple months now. But I have been saying your name wrong altogether. When I, when I reported <laughs> that on the podcast, uh, Cozy, I, I apologize. Yeah. Um, but let's get into the rest, the rest of this week so far. Uh, we'll right. start with Shoda. What do you think about that deal? Yeah, I like the deal. You know, the, the terms were really surprising. Um, I don't think it lends to any nerves or anything like that. I, but I do wonder why the the projections were close to a hundred M's and he he only got half that. Um, so that that's odd, but I'm not saying it, like it's suspicious. Um, but I, I'm just curious why that is. Uh, the deal is complicated. You know, there's escalators in there and whatnot. But I think in terms of a roster fit and what the Cubs need, it's a good signing. It's something to be excited about. It shows the Cubs are interested. It shows the Cubs are interested in winning the NL Central in 2024. Um, he immediately slots in as the – right now he slots in as the technically the number three because they'll probably go Steele, Tyone, or Hendricks, and Managa that first weekend just to break up the lefties. Um, but, but, a a good signing, somebody that has a good reputation, um, you wonder about his, his pitch mix, how it's going to transfer over to the States after being in the NPB for so long. Um, you know, he's 30, so he has a ton of experience. He's coming over a little bit older than maybe some of the Japanese free agents would be. Um, but I, I think it's a good addition and uh, excited to see how he's going to have an impact. And ultimately right now, what I kind of think with it too, is it's basically just replacing Stroman. So do you feel like yeah. you're getting better numbers out of Imanaga next year or Stroman? We'll see if they end up dipping right. their toe again into another starting pitcher. Cause I know that's obviously still rumored, but mm. 
I think that's the biggest thing of it all. Is Imanaga going to be a better starting pitcher next year than Stroman to replace what he did? Yeah, it's a good question. Over the full season, it I would lean a Minaga right now. Yeah. But I've never seen him pitch in the big leagues. You know, I, I tend to be very biased to those who have proven their medal at the highest level. I'm not a prospect hugger. I know we're going to get to the trade earlier today, but it's like, well, if you have to trade people, like that's how you get players back. I don't the, yeah. the narratives around prospects lately have become maybe a little bit overblown. Um, you know, you can't keep them all where, where they all get to play, where they all get to pitch. Um, you know, Stroman opened the 23 season very strong. Um, I would be surprised if Imanaga did that, but uh, I hope he does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. You talk about how we're going to open that door when we get to this next trade. And I guess I'll just start it now. This right. this talk, this jargon about Jackson Ferris um, leaving the Cubs organization in favor of Michael Bush. And I saw yeah. Dom Sweet today, which was the best way I've seen it put. I'm not a fan of the Tennessee Smokies at day's end. I'm looking for the Cubs to win this division this season. And, oh, that's and, that's and, good. And I like and at that. this point, I mean, yeah, we're going to support the farm and uh, your term, the prospect hugger term. Like, yeah, that could mean something for the future but when you can yeah. get a player that can affect winning now. And I think that goes back to the show to deal, even though these two things are unrelated. Yeah, you're getting a player who is Stroman's age, theoretically in the prime of his career, although he's coming from a different league altogether. I'm sure there mm -hmm. will be a lull on an adjustment period. But, yeah, you're getting a player in the prime of his career. So if it could pan out, it's comparable, like Ben said. Yeah, and he's uh typically a fly ball pitcher, which which you maybe get a little skittish about because his home park is not Wrigley Field, uh, which has, uh, you know, shallow gaps. Um, but I think over a sustained period, Stroman got to be rocky. Imanaga has, has not been. Yeah. He's pitched almost all full seasons. He's a, a lot of innings. He eats innings. Um, he doesn't throw hard, but he is a strikeout pitcher. That's interesting to me. Mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't walk anybody. Um, so, so I think it's good. And if they add even like, a, I mean, it would be great if they made a trade. You know, I, I'm still hearing that the Cubs and Guardians are very closely connected. There's some there's some tea for your show. Bieber would look good. Yeah. You know, let's go through that real quick. Yeah. Well, when we first started talking about at the beginning of the offseason, started to cut you off, Matt, but it was it was yeah. a lot of glass now and it was a lot of Bieber. And obviously, oh right, you're right. And obviously, glass now that ship has sailed. But I still think the Bieber door should remain open, whether or not we're forgetting it. Steel Bieber and Minaga Tyone Hendricks. Beautiful. Boom. That's pretty good. With all that starting pitching depth on top of it, if someone yeah. needs the day off. I mean, Cubs might have some of the best starting pitching depth in the entire Major League Baseball. Yeah, and a lot of those dudes are young, but Assad and Wicks both pitched well last year, so yeah. I feel really good about them. And some of the most gold gloves in the National League behind them. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Theoretically, especially if they go – uh, and re-sign Bellinger, but I mean, you're going to stick yeah. around with Dan, you're going to stick around with Happ and Horner. 
And I think uh, Michael Bush could be really solid at, they're saying they're going to start him at first base. Yes, Although I, I think, saw that. I think third base sounds better to me because that doesn't, I mean, Michael Bush does never close the door on Cody Bellinger. I'm not saying that, but it makes me feel a little right. bit better about re-signing Cody Bellinger if you're saying he's a third baseman. And so we, we, we'll move to that. Where are we on Cody? You have these sources, Matt. I don't know what you've heard or if anything, but we've always said on our show that we still got at least a couple weeks to wait on Bellinger, I would think. From this point forward, yeah, it doesn't that wouldn't surprise me at all. I think Scott Boris and his his staring contest with the teams <laughs> he's talking to about his players, it wouldn't surprise me if it lasted into March. Yeah. I think that would be excessive, but yeah. Um, you know, pitchers and catchers is around mid-February. You'd think that that's kind of a self-imposed deadline for even the players themselves. Uh, like, hey, let's get going here so I can get to a camp. Um, I would say Bellinger and the Cubs seem destined to, to be together. Yeah, I like that. Especially the way the offseason has trended. Because obviously we were talking yeah. Otani, Otani, Otani. And Bellinger, I feel like, got lost in the shuffle a little bit there. But now it's it just it just makes too much sense with the with the flexibility that he could play center field and first base and obviously the uh, grooming of prospects that will eventually come up and whatnot and you know you need that bat in that lineup and obviously they they filled somewhat of a need today with Bush as a left handed bat but you still need another like that that was Hoyer's big thing coming in this year he wanted pitchers and he wanted left-handed bats I think he crossed one off the list today Cody Bellinger's still out there go get him would you guys rather have the Bellinger Matt Chapman combo or Bellinger Reese Hoskins Mike you could start if you want I had this exact conversation today with somebody I was thinking or very similar it, I guess, I mean, it's so hard to know because you can't know ahead of time, but I really just want to see how Michael Bush is. I mean, minor league player of the year with the Dodgers yeah. a season ago, uh, 323 in the minors, but then in his cup of tea in the majors, he barely played better than Pete Carr Armstrong. It's a, it's a, it's a very similar mirrored effect. If Bush can be really solid one, they're going to sell about a million t-shirts of that guy with, with the, with the Bush beer logo. And two, they're going to uh, be really set. <clears throat> but I'm not going to turn down an opportunity at Matt Chapman. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Ben, I'll let you continue I, that. I'm going to stick all day with Belly and Hoskins. I've been okay. kind of on that train since the offseason started. Chapman just scares me. Just something about it. I know the glove is there, and it would make probably the greatest uh, defensive infield of all time if you yeah. pair him with Nico and Dansby. But just something about I I obviously I think I think the terms and the years have kind of gone down on him as the offseason progresses. But just thinking of multiple years of him, especially coming off a, a year where he really his numbers are kind of inflated by a really good first month. I just it, it's something about him scares me and I've always kind of shied away. If you could get him on a nice deal, I would say no more than four years, then that's right. fine. But mm-hmm. I think I almost feel like the door kind of closed on him today just because of the fact that the Cubs have so many potential third basemen on their roster that I think yeah. they're just going to have this Ferris wheel trying to figure out who, who fits the best by, by the time the season comes to an end. And I, I, I also don't think that, that even they, they acquired Bush, let's keep Morel around start. I think you should start talking to other teams, especially about wisdom and magical because sure. where, where do they fit at this point with Bush? Yeah. 
See, and I think today means that the likelihood for Hoskins actually decreases. Yeah. I wouldn't say Chapman increases because they have so many guys waiting in the wings at third. Um, but Hoskins isn't that good defensively at first. Um, if Bush can be average at first, I think you you try it against against righties, especially. Um, you go with wisdom against lefties. I mean, you're not going to fill every hole in one offseason. The combo I would really like, guys, is Bellinger and Jordan Montgomery. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, then I think you shouldn't be surprised if it's platoons at each corner, which, again, is not exciting, um, but that's just where they would be. So that would be like uh, Bush, Wisdom, Madrigal, Mastro uh, with Bellinger in center, so and Morel DHing. But, um, yeah, I, 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 as much as I love offense – I really value pitching more. Uh, you know, let's go through that again with the rotation. Steele, Montgomery, um, Imanaga, Tyone Hendricks. I, yeah. You know, yeah. So. And Shane Bieber. <laughs> we can, we can you, right now. you kept him? All right. No, no, I'm, mess, yeah. I'm messing. I, I think it's too much to ask for uh, at this yeah. point. But uh, I still like the prospect of trying to get morale to play third, too. If we and like I do said, too, I just don't think sides. it's going to happen. Really, what's your what's your thoughts there? I I I from what I can gather, um, and the Athletic has done some good reporting on this. Uh-huh. Uh, Sahadev Sharma, Patrick Mooney, Morell's feet, his, his footwork is poor over there. Mm-hmm. You know, his arm is incredible. He's been clocked at like ninety three plus across the infield that's crazy yeah yeah but you have to catch the ball first and then you have to make an accurate throw um so i think third base yeah it'd be great but i i don't see it yeah christopher morell is probably like the most interesting piece on the cubs this entire offseason because Mm -hmm. when you look outside chicago media People think that you could just get him for a rental pitcher, which might end that up. Would, that would be nuts. It might end up happening. It would make me angry, but who who knows? It totally will end up happening too, especially if they re-sign Bellinger. Is what I'm thinking because I, then you it's because Bellinger's going to DH then, and like Matt said, you're going to have a platoon of other options on either side. And Morel's trade stock, even if you just get him for a rental pitcher, I hope not, is relatively high after a decent season last year and a great off season. You would you would have to get more though, but I think. The thing that I was more trying to say is it really stinks that the, the what is a 25 years old, 25 year old kid yeah. who is going to be stuck at DH for what seems to be his entire life. You would hope he would have a position at this point, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So does another team put him at second base and give the Cubs a lot of value for him? You know, I hope maybe, so. maybe, maybe that happens because. Yeah, Morell for a rental, I'm out on that. I'm out. Yeah. This this kid can hit 40-plus homers. He hit 30 in like 100 this year. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a pitcher for one year? I don't like that. No. He has great potential. If now, you could... if you could get a starting pitcher back for him, let's say the Marlins. Who's their second baseman? Oh, I think it's Luis Arise. Never mind. He plays it... second, right? What about Seattle? Seattle is a good Yeah, fit. the Mariners, Logan With Gilbert, George pitching. Kirby. Yep. They put him at second. Okay. Then you have that pitcher for a while, too. 
Yeah, yeah like um, Morell for Pete Alonzo. No, not I doing agree. it. I agree. Because Pete Alonzo is free to go wherever he wants after this year. Right. And he's a Boris client. So Does Morell's value, though, rank as high to non-blue and red glasses guys like you and I? Because I think that he's undervalued yeah, by pretty much every single team. So they're not going to – I don't think they'd even consider what we'd want. And so that's why yeah. I think they've held on to Morell as long as they have. They're probably waiting for him to get his big break so then they can trade him. But the problem is they don't give him enough time. And they, right. I don't, I don't blame them. Why? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's not enough space for him on this team. And as you guys have said, it kind of sucks. Oh, shoot, there goes my mic. But it just kind of sucks. Well, where was he to open the year last year? By the way, I mean, oh it took so long for him to get up to the majors. Like, he was in Des Moines hitting doubles and homers every night. Best, best statistics in all of professional baseball, or whatever the crazy quote was, or whatever it was. I, I think that's something that Sam and I have learned on Locked On Cubs, like doing it every day, you know, Monday through Friday. Um, we've tried to explain, hey, here's why these games do matter, and then it mm -hmm. turns out the season's over, and they miss the playoffs by one game. Mm -hmm. So you can't tell me that Morrell being up in April, that could have made up a game or two. Yeah. Uh -huh. I don't know because you didn't do it. Yeah, it's valid. So anyway, that's – wow, we got no, you're right. a bit of a tangent there. No, you're right. Well, you, you would think the highest paid manager in baseball's history will know that this year. I would, well, I would that, hope that he's, he's going to be doing the right thing from day, at, day one. Despite all the inactivity this offseason, that has brought me a lot of comfort. Exactly. Because Craig Council, he's the real deal. Mm -hmm. That's why I was so happy with this Bush trade today. Because okay. I think last year, if we were talking Bush, I feel like they wouldn't have given him as much of an opportunity, kind of similar to uh, oh, yeah. Matt Mervis. But now I feel like with Council, he's going to give him as many chances as he possibly can to yeah. you know, break out of this little slump he's had and a, a cup of tea in the major leagues. But I hope truly... So be the number two prospect that was for a really good farm system in the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. I loved Rossi, but Rossi stuck with his lineup. He, he loved those guys. Um, and I agree with you, Ben. I like to see the ability to be flexible for Craig council and for this team. Cause then the door remains so open on the Cubs being more serious with Craig council, right. For other free agents for more potential trades. I really don't think this is it. What Cubs position player do you think needs to step up the most as of January 11th in 2024, is it Hap, Suzuki, Horner, or Swanson? Um, Based on last year, I would say Hap. Because mm, if you okay. kind of had that season, la or excuse me, 2020, what year are we in, 2024? It's 2022 yeah. season. If you even have a little bit like similar to that in yeah. 2023, I think it just makes it all that, all 20. I'm screwing up my years right now. It makes 2023 all that much grander and probably would have been an all-star again too. Happ and Horner both have those extensions, so I'd love to see them still continue to play well on those uh, and play better, I guess. I would love to see Saya just get up, start getting on base more. He hits the crap out of the ball. It's so yep. frustrating to watch how hard that guy hits the ball. Some of the hardest off the bat in the league. And just, it's not even his fault most of the time, but just he just doesn't get on because he just hits the smack out of it just right at somebody. And I know Saya's 2023 season is going to forever be murked by 
the whole Braves thing, and it shouldn't, but he was great last year to as much as he could have been. And if he can really just turn it around even more this year, that could be huge. And then we're talking extension with him. Yeah, 100%. What about you? To answer your own question. I think it's Saya. Yeah. I mean, Hap's got to step up. Uh, I think he he serves his role well, especially if he hits leadoff, which I think Council will hit him leadoff against righties. Um, Hap from the left side is 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 better than good, uh, especially you know accepting his walks and things like that. But Saya, his teammates have said he has the most like raw talent, and so if he really breaks out. That would be massive. Ben, anything else for our friend Matt here on the podcast? No, I I think we covered a lot of ground today. We did cover was, a lot uh, of ground. It was a very fluid talk, and I liked it. Matt, yeah. you're a Chicago sports guy at Day's End. We'll close it out with something a little bit more lighthearted. Although, oh. I wanted to talk about the Bears or the Hawks, but I guess there's really not much to to be happy about. I, do you like the Luke Getze firing? My instinct is to say that they should have cleaned house. Yep. Getsy was a problem, but now who's actually going to come in in this situation mm-hmm. with the with an incumbent coach that doesn't have great standing around the league? At least not that we think he does. Um, it's just a vicious cycle with the Bears. It's the same thing every time. I wish it was different with Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles. And maybe maybe it will be, but first indications are that it's not. You know, I think Poles has done good things, but um, you know, and Eberflus helped the defense this year. I get it. You just hope that an offensive coordinator will come in now on the appeal that he's gonna get the the t- top quarterback on the board. Right. Whoever they think that is, unless they run it back with fields. I mean, I, I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's you're you just it's a it's like a trap at this point with that team. My next question was gonna be if you had to switch places, what would you do with that number one overall pick? But I think you, from the sound of your answer there, you sound a lot like how I feel. It just feels so pointless either way. Like it just feels like the Bears are gonna somehow find a way to to screw it up. But I I mean they have the opportunity to try and make something happen. I like Justin Fields. I wouldn't be completely opposed to running it back with him, especially if he's truly built a connection with like DJ Moore, Cole Komet. Yeah. And you know, imagine, like has. imagine Marvin Harrison Jr. on the team. Um, you know, they they need to sign the best free agent center. They yep. need to draft a receiver. Um if they do like even those couple moves, you really like the offense yeah. even more with Fields. Um, I don't know much about Caleb Williams, but you know, maybe and you you could still get a lot of value for Fields too. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are the projections on him right now? Could you get a second rounder? Yeah. Could you get another player? I don't know. I think that would be the goal to get a second rounder if you were to a second rounder for this year is is the hope if you were to find yeah. a way to to trade Justin. Um, and I think that could very well be what happens. I like the idea of drafting Marvin Harrison and running it back with fields. If I have to like decide on that. Um, but I, I don't know, they're going to have to really sort some things out 
whoever they hire at OC will be an indicator of what the direction they're leading. That's for sure. Mm, yeah. I think I'm in the same boat as you, Matt. I'm, uh, I'm fine if they run it back with fields, but my heart is kind of leaning. Let's mm. start this thing over again and go Caleb Williams. Mm. Yeah. But we know how that usually works out for us. So. Well, and there's so many well. good coaches available. That's that's the other thing I was going to say, too, is I hope that Ryan Poles right now is pulling a Jed Hoyer and has uh, is making some <laughs> secret phone calls with considering what's happened in the last couple of days with three great coaches getting fired. What the heck? That's just the oh, that's just the most bearish thing ever. I don't think they'd have any real interest in any of the three except maybe Pete Carroll. But it's just the most bearish thing that they controversially stick with a 10 and 24 coach and then three hall of fame football wide coaches retire plus harbaugh, plus harbaugh plus who's harbaugh. available <laughs> whether or not they want to tell you that he is or he isn't he is available if the price is right so you got harbaugh available and then belichick saban and pete carroll all retire but again if the price is right yeah that's even uh, like um mike vrabel is better than eber exactly. i love vrabel i would love he's a vrabel he's a free agent now i would love vrabel on the bears mm. He, the page the the Patriots job is on a on a plate for Vabril at least it, it seems like you're prob- they, probably they seem like at least the whispers are they're gonna go to Mayo the coordinator but ah oh, the Vrabel got fired from the Titans because he was flirting with the Patriots so much when he got his <laughs> Mayo got his was a, retired Mayo was a former Patriot too right right yeah okay. but I mean when Vrabel got his number retired I saw the clip today that part of the reason supposedly they fired him from the Titans is because. Early, like mid-season he got his number retired by the Patriots and he was like on the podium in, in Gillette Stadium with the whole like this organization's better than anyone in the world or something oh. like that so he was he was buttering them up already yeah but Matt we appreciate you doing the podcast with us today we hope to do this again soon maybe we'll have to have Sam on at some point and do all four of us might might be too many cooks we'll have to see but it would be no fun. that's a good idea let's do that it'll be fun but Matt it. we we appreciate it and uh, and best of luck this season with your show Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Talk soon.